Welcome to The Big Deal with Glenn Ferris, episode 41. I'm Glenn Ferris. How are y'all doing? I hope you're all doing well and are safe and staying home. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I've got a fantastic and topical conversation with Doreen Rue, and she is the CEO of Health Services of North Texas. They are a great organization. They're a nonprofit dedicated to providing excellent medical care for the entire family from newborns to seniors, including prenatal care, counseling services, chronic and infectious disease. Know a little bit about that. Care management and prescription assistance program. They do a lot of stuff. That's their mission right off their website. In short, they do a lot of good in the areas we need a lot of good done right now. These folks are on the front lines. Check out their website, healthntx.org, and then head on over to glennferriscommercial.com for show notes and extra links. Also, check out my sourdough starter on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All the social media, you can find it right there, at Glenn Ferris. I'm making it easy for y'all. I know you guys are under some duress as you're sheltering in place and being socially distanced from each other again thank you for tuning in i hope you find this conversation helpful and useful and if you do tell your friends about it like and subscribe now give it up for doreen rue well we're a nonprofit organization we serve people um, anywhere that need medical care. We provide that on a sliding fee if people are uninsured and low income. And we do take insurance and Medicaid and Medicare as well. But really the the mission is improving the quality of life of all North Texans through medical care, support services, and advocacy. And we know that a lot of people have challenges in getting care. Whether they have resources or not, it can be kind of a daunting process to get medical care and stay in care. So is it donation fed? Is that, is it mostly uh, donations? It's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit. Yeah. We do take donations. We have grants, both federal, state, and local grants and foundation grants to help sort of balance the mix, as well as taking insurance, Medicaid, and Medicare. That also helps sustain us. Gotcha. So how do people like find out about you mostly? What's the number one like referral to your organization? Uh, the number one referral is uh, friends and family that have access to care or know about health services in North Texas. But it's fast kind of um, coming up with the referrals from our web-based and digital marketing and some of the other processes that we, you know, are more, more current strategies to get people um, to provide information. So really it's about um, helping people find care, yeah. helping people afford care, helping people um, stay in care, yeah, and then helping people take care. So we kind of look at it as, as sort of a cycle. And when people come into health services in North Texas and they have an awesome patient experience, they talk about the care that they received. And many people are surprised and shocked to find the asset that they have right here locally for health care. Because, I mean, this isn't like Denton County Health Services. This is... Uh, this is th these doctors you're working with, they're 
uh, normal doctors that volunteer their time at, yeah. or is that how that works or the, yeah they're, they're normal people normal uh, people they're normal <laughs> folks um, very talented people but they're um, professionals that have choices and where they want to work yeah and the uh, professionals that work for health services in North Texas are committed to our to our mission they're committed to our community they're committed to the patients that we serve and they're committed to the model of care making affordable access to health care for anybody i mean it's it's almost too obvious but why is it important that that uh that you have this mission well if you think about it the the health of the community um, you know certainly right here in denton where we're sitting today is is a wonderful place to be in order for all of us to enjoy the community that we create we need to make sure that everybody in our community has access to health because that makes a big difference in the, the quality of our community the quality of life and just you know making it a great equitable place for people to live yeah how'd you get into it you've been there for a, a while haven't you uh yeah i've been here for a while i actually started as a volunteer i started as a volunteer knowing that this mission um, touched my heart in oh, a lot wow. of ways and a place where I wanted to be. So I was volunteering until a position opened up and, you know, kind of the rest is history. So, <laughs> so, so you're sweeping the floors one day. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the next yeah. day you're running, you're yeah. running the whole thing. Yeah. So what year was that when you started volunteering? Like, give us a timeline. Um, that was in probably late 1996. Okay. And then I was... Um, started my employment in april actually april fool's day to yeah him, uh, matter of fact anniversary <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and that was 23 years ago wow okay so let me roll it back even further than that how did you get to how did you get to denton well i'm from minnesota you might be able to tell by, yeah, my, yeah. by my voice don't you know so, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure yeah. <laughs> you betcha um, you betcha yeah the uh I, I got here actually in kind of a somewhat roundabout way um you know when i was in minnesota my my professional life was um was not in healthcare. um i am a social worker okay um but the what I did sort of on my off time with rodeo and friends in more of the Western culture lifestyle, and I met people and I came to Texas. So really, you just came here by way of the rodeo. Yeah, well, by you know people connections <laughs> to people. Wow. So, what was it about Denton that kind of attracted you to this space or this place mm -hmm. specifically? Like, I well, mean, Texas is big. You could have gone anywhere. Yeah, um, but like I said, the people, and specifically Candace Pratt, who's my partner in life and okay. spouse, um, that was really the draw. It must have been pretty, it was a different place here, wasn't it? Oh, yes, it was really a different place. I do remember uh, 380 and university going through just one lane. Yeah. Um, yeah a lot has changed. A lot has changed. So actually... Uh, when I, I moved here from Boston, Massachusetts, and I remember dry, I drove here, and I remember pulling into town from 380, and it was under construction at that point to, yeah. like, widen it. This was mm -hmm. 2003, and I remember thinking, oh, this place is kind of, this, this place is growing up a little bit, you know? And then I get to this, like, small town, and and the square was uh, a ghost town, much like it is right now, mm -hmm. actually, so... It's mm -hmm. been interesting. I mean, you've seen a lot of change 
even in the nonprofit world in Denton. I've seen a lot of change, a lot of change. And, you know, for the most part, I mean, I really believe that change is is progressive and is good, um, even though it might be challenging at times. Yeah. Um, but I've this community means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the people, the infrastructure, the services, the culture, the arts, the um, the kindness. Um, this community is kind, and that is that is kind to the nonprofits as well. It's a big heart. B- it big is. hearts here. It, yeah. They they do. They definitely do. So I didn't realize. Uh, Health Services of North Texas has been around that long. When did it start here? Uh, 32 years ago this month, actually, okay, yeah, in okay. 1988. And really, um, the response or the reason that health services came into existence was responding to the pandemic of HIV AIDS. No kidding. Yeah. So. Wow. It, uh, <laughs> That's you know, crazy. I just, yeah. I just spent some time um, talking with my entire team and reflecting back on that very thing as you think about the situation that we're going through right now with COVID-19 and coronavirus um you know all of the 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 startling effects that this has on a community that was not so unlike what we experienced in the beginning of health services of north texas and you know that sense of fear and panic the lack of resources and challenges with testing um treatment and vaccines all of those same kind of um um, dynamic and, and um, situations kind of um, just impeding on what we did in a regular day-to-day. You know, it was a life-changing experience. But that was the beginning of health services in North Texas. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think for health services in North Texas, this is what we do. Yeah. We respond. We take care of people. We, you know, proactively set up our systems to advocate for care. And so this really falls you know, directly in line with what Health Services of North Texas does in this community. So what what were kind of the, I mean, you, so you got to the organization when things were turning for the better at that time, like late 90s, I kind of remember in my head is mm-hmm. like, okay, there's there's a little bit of way out of it. We're recognizing this mm-hmm. as a, we've been recognizing this as an yeah. issue. We're going in the right direction. Yeah. What sort of takeaways uh, do you remember from that time that, well, you, that you can apply to now? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So, um, you know, when I think back at that time, and I did come into health services in North Texas, just about the time that that um, in between becoming a volunteer and helping people die with dignity, because that was really the place that we were at, um, to shortly after that, the, the new medications that became available that then gave people a chance to live and that paradigm shift of helping people die with dignity to helping them live and hope and dream and you know um, grasp the possibilities of life yeah that was a big paradigm shift for our organization but the people that we served in the community so um, and when i think about what we're dealing with today um you know although it's not exactly the same i'm not trying to say that in any way but i'm when you think about the process of change and the process of dealing with grief and going through those steps from you know from shock to action to um recovery to hope to you know whatever comes next um it it is there are some similarities and our community i think is reacting and maybe going through those steps 
more quickly than we did in the late or early 90s, but still we're going through those steps and I see this community has really come together in a lot of ways that I'm encouraged that we will make it through this as, as whole as possible and you know, we talk about what's on the other side and you know, at, at Health Services in North Texas and for me personally, I feel that we will come out of this stronger, more united, more um, more engaging, more more um, accepting, more tolerant, more kind to one another. So why do you think we're getting there quicker right now? Because it was slow uh, with the HIV issue, very slow coming around to that. Why is now different as far as like, man, we're on, mm-hmm. we're, there's almost too much yeah. data right now, you know? Well, you know, you're asking me questions that, um, you know, I, I think that I have a personal opinion about, and I think that if I kind of step back and look at the community, but, you know, for one, I think that it's going quicker because it wasn't, um, we've had a lot of situations. I mean, you've, besides you know, this isn't the first pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and certainly HIV. And, but you think about all the other things that have happened along our time that not to this magnitude, but still gave us sort of um, um, the tools to address these sort of situations. So if you think about HIV, you think about Ebola, you think about H1N1, you know, and even influenza, just the, you know, regular influenza and um, the, so I think that we've had ex, um, situations that we've been able to sort of practice our, our response. And so I think that it's, um, it's going to go quicker this time, um, or it already has. Um, but also when you think about just the magnitude of it and the, it, it touches everybody, no matter where you are, just listening on the news this morning, um, you know, talk about people think that this is just going to hit the big um, urban cities and, you know, really the message was it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, that this is, you know, potentially impactful to you. Yeah. And if not you, certainly somebody that you know. So how would you rate our local response to COVID-19 right now? Like, are we on the right track? Are, are there things we could be doing better? Well, I definitely think that we're on the right track. I see, again, a lot of unity in the community and our response and, you know, with any situation, you can look back and say, you know, could we have done things differently? And you prepare. I mean, that's all part of the, the learning and growth process. But I believe that this community is doing all that they can with the resources that we have to respond and to have sort of a unified response and just the coordination between healthcare workers and between our community resources. I know that I've been involved in a number of uh, conference calls, of course, um, with um, the hospitals, um, the Denton County Health Department, with um, other stakeholders in health, and then um, also through the United Way of Denton County and the United Way of Metropolitan Dallas as well. And we do have locations in Collin County as well. And so I think that there are a lot of opportunities and the information sharing is almost to the point of being overwhelming where you kind of have to sort of sort through some of that. But I think that the response has been um, been quick, has been um, as timely as possible. Um, and then I think we could look back and say, you know, things that maybe we would do differently um, the next time around. 
and but I'm I'm proud of this community. Yeah. So, so you listed a bunch of nonprofits. Uh, United Way is the one that sticks out of my head. You guys run off of donations, and we're you know our economy shut down, and you know I'm about to have a conversation with uh, the mayor here today, uh, and there are already talks of. I mean, they're de- looking at a decrease in the budget by 30%. Just mm-hmm. that's the city. How do you move forward doing, like, you're in high demand mm-hmm. with this situation, but this situation is uh, taking a swipe at the way, your ability to operate. Right. How, do, how does that balancing act work right now? Well, that that is a challenge, certainly for health services in North Texas, but honestly for everybody. I mean, if you look at the unemployment rate, you know, we anticipate to see a big uptake in the number of people that are going to need access to health care just because they don't have insurance. Um, And, you know, I, I don't really have the magic answer to that one, but we have experienced a tremendous um, decrease in our regular operating revenue and we have received um, pretty dramatic decreases in funding that we would have otherwise had at a level um like what like a grant didn't come through or uh, grants we've had grants that just recently one that was um we anticipated level funding about 60 percent decrease in that grant why though Um, like it's a grant it's a government grant right like no, this wasn't or, a this isn't a government grant. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, this isn't a government grant, but a lot of the um, oh, it's from an organization that other organizations okay. and things like that. Yeah. And I always think of just my mind goes government yeah, every time yeah. I hear a grant. But. And certainly, you know, we understand that you know we're we're all going to be impacted with this. And I believe that health services in North Texas, for one, is needed in this community, is an asset in this community, and. You know, we've survived some pretty tough times, and, and you know, we're doing all that we can to make sure that our patients have access. Um, you know, there are some. We just applied for the small business loan for the um, payday protection um, grants to keep your people um, employed. Yeah. You know, that's um. Mm-hmm. You know, we need our people. Yeah. You know, what we do is service. Our people are that service, um, and we're committed to doing everything that we can. Um, you know, but I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. Well, well, you know, when we do make it out of this and hopefully this is a couple of month, three month, you know, the initial biological portion of this is going to be short. The ramifications of Mm -hmm. the economy is going to be the the long-term thing. Hopefully this is one of those things where people understand the importance of a organization Mm -hmm. that you're in and, you know, it's more on people's radar that, oh, you know, this is actually something we need because out of nowhere, a bunch of people can lose their job and get sick, right. you know, so right. maybe right. it's, you, you know, know that, that's the bright some, side. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something that we experience all the time. And, you know, and I've been talking about sort of the silver linings. I mean, this, you know, there's nothing that can describe the the tragedy and the heartache and the, the hurt both personal and economic for individuals and companies, communities and our nation and really the world. There isn't, there really isn't anything that I can say that I, and I'm certainly not trying to minimize any of that, but if you look at what comes out of this and, you know, in these times of crisis, there's a time for innovation. There's a time for people to, to sort of look outside of themselves and outside of their own business and outside of 
their communities and kind of look at what can they do to make this a better situation and to kind of improve things and things that we've already experienced is sort of the the unity that happens when people are in challenging times and they they come together to support one another even when they perhaps have disagreements and the innovation in terms of technology the ways to communicate the importance of touching base with people that you care about that you may not be able to visit um you know at health services of north texas some of the goals that we have had is to further our telemedicine and our technology to reach out to our patients and to the community you know i mean in uh, you know in less than 2 weeks all of the barriers are pulled out of all of that system and all of our providers are now able to do telemedicine visits with our patients to keep them at home where they're safe or safer than coming into the organization and certainly reducing the situations i think about people especially our, our older um, population and our medicare population for them to be able to get that care that they need at home and not have to deal with the transportation barriers not have to and um, the expense of even coming out the um, they, there's just so many challenges that you know now that's you know we'll be able to easily do that assuming that the barriers stay removed when yeah. we're on the other side of, of covid and assuming we're all here at the, yeah. at the end of it you know yeah society so, hasn't broken down and we're you know you know but yeah. to, to really kind of <laughs> peel away and really focus on what's important yeah. um and you know get get where you need to be in order to to kind of take it to that next level and I, I see that on a lot of air, a lot of different ways at health services you know but just even in in the community and and so I think that's something to, to look forward to so your CEO what does that mean like what's your what's your scope of like responsibility with this big organization and, and my next question is how big is it Where's your region? Because you just listed a couple of counties. I wasn't mm -hmm. aware that you were operating in. What yeah. are you doing? How 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 widespread well, are we you? We have two health centers in Collin County and four here in Denton County, and then our, um, and our administrative office. Health center is just a doctor's office, or it's like where you well. Or, we never say it's just a doctor's okay. office, right? <laughs> just so, people and yeah. just so the that, and that's, office, yeah. that's actually a good point that you make because that's why we call it a health center. So we are a community health center. So in addition to providing the medical care that you might experience at a regular doctor's office or a, a private practice physician um, or another uh, medical group, um, not that they don't provide some of those other support services that health services does, but we provide um, not just that medical care. And I, if you remember, I, a minute ago, I talked about, you know, making sure that people knew where to access care, making it affordable, meaning we use a sliding fee to help people um, balance that that um, that ability to pay for for care. And our sliding fee scale is is really quite deep. Um, there, anybody can come to health services, and even if they are not able to pay that sliding fee, um, we're still going to look after them, making um, assuming they they don't have the ability to pay. Um, the we have uh, last year we served um, just about thirteen thousand people. 
with primary medical care. So we know that when people come into care, it isn't just medical care that they need. It's help with the reducing those barriers to access, whether it be financial or transportation, um, cultural, linguistic, other types yeah. of barriers that people have. You know, and even thinking about our Medicare population, you know, there's a lot of places that don't take Medicare and certainly don't take Medicaid as well. So both those populations and people that have that type of coverage, we are more than happy. We welcome them with open arms as well as opening arms for the uninsured um, patient population. So, um, but with so many patients, you know, it's not, like I said, it isn't just the medical care, but we have that integrated behavioral health program. We have care management. We help people access the medications. And we have some grants that help us with some other support services as well. So it's really kind of um, getting that person to care, but keeping that person in care makes helping them balance all those other factors that often are what remove people from care. So a lot of people are paying I would say most people right now are paying a big chunk of money for awful insurance. And that's what keeps them from going to the doctor unless they're in a car wreck, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that type of person able to access your services? Like what is the, like what type of people do you accept into like service? Anybody who walks in or. We, we accept anybody into, into care. If you are, wanting to apply for the sliding fee scale, then we help walk you through that process. So that's based on your income and that's based on your family size. So if somebody is below the poverty line, they're going to pay a nominal fee. And that nominal fee is at at this moment is $15 for a medical visit. Uh, What would your price be for someone who's like not not below the poverty line. I'm talking about myself here. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it depends on um, what care you're receiving and what service we provide. So okay. it's not necessarily a a standard, you know, $140 for a medical visit. It, it really depends on what what services that you receive. So say I think I've got the flu and I've got to knock it out. What's my better option? Come to you guys or go to like care now? <laughs> this is hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. This was well, a couple of months ago for me. Yeah. Well, and you know, what I would say is, you know, I think having ongoing care, which is what we're really after. Right. We want people to have a medical home and that's what health services in North Texas is. So we want people to come in for that preventative care, that health maintenance, the management of your chronic illness, the wellness visits, the, you know, all of those things that, so when you are sick, you have a place to go. You have somebody that understands who you are, what's important to you, and helps you make decisions about your medical care and your future. So it really kind of depends what, what your your focus is and what, what you're after, Yeah, you know, so. Because I recognize like when I go to the, care now and i'm and you know i don't have a i have such a high deductible it's better off for me just to pay the out of pocket mm-hmm. i literally walk in and say i have insurance but i'm paying cash and they're like well you don't want to pay for the testing for anything so here's a z-pack here's tamiflu and it's like all right and i i know how much that costs and that's my only interaction with a healthcare professional that year 
mm-hmm. because that that's all I can get for what my, you know, I'm paying insurance, but that's car wreck insurance. Mm-hmm. That's not, right. you know, uh, high blood pressure insurance, which right. I'm getting, feel like I'm getting right. now. But that, that's certainly some of the challenge with these um, bronze plans in particular that have high deductibles for yeah. Let's get you on the people. road. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they do have a benefit. And of course, that is if you are, you know, find yourself in the hospital and have, you know, more serious illness. Um, but you're right. And a lot of our patients have that same challenge. So, and we are able to slide the co-pays for our patients on those plans as well if they're less than 200% of poverty. Okay. Gotcha. Man, that's it. That is fascinating because, you know, I don't ever, you know, me myself, I don't consider myself a client for your services but now i do i didn't until now well i'm really glad that you said that because you know as that's why we're here for anybody regardless of their ability to pay and part of our model is to serve people that that do have ability to pay so that we can take care of those that don't it's really part of that balancing act yeah Um, Well, well my dollar i would much rather pay for a visit to you guys than like random doctor who I just need to use to get a prescription, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, Theraflu or whatever. I mean, yeah. I'd much rather throw my, you know, money, you well, know, in, uh, in that direction. <laughs> the, uh, well, uh, come on over and we'll make sure to schedule an appointment for you. Uh, my wife will be very happy about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, oh yeah. So, okay. The, uh, kind of one answer I want to drill into you take anybody that comes in the door you don't have to be from Denton County or you don't have to have a location no you don't well yes and no so you know basically no anybody can come here regardless of where they, they live and access you may have you know grandma Lucy coming from Minnesota to visit and needs um care we can serve that person um, we can serve anybody that lives in other communities and, you know, we have mapped where our patients come from. The bulk of our patients come from right here in Denton County. Um, but we do see a number of people that come from the surrounding communities as well. Um, but it doesn't really matter where you're from. Once you're here, you're, you're here. You're in um, there, yeah. We do have some grants that require that you have a residency um, component if we are going to access that grant to help pay for your services. So, okay. um, you know, but it it won't it won't keep you from coming into care. It may limit some of the additional financial um, resources that we can help you with if you live outside of one of those areas. You know, for example, we have a grant from the city of Denton, and that is for patients that live in the city of Denton. And so that's, and then we have some from the Denton County. So it kind of ripples out a little bit further and we can help that way. And then we have some grants um, like the Texas Women's um, Foundation grant that, you know, helps us serve women. So um, it just depends. We kind of try to cobble it together the best we can to make sure that that patient gets um, the best care that they can possibly receive. 
And you have you opened the facility at Serve Denton? Because when Pat Smith was on, I think we talked about it. Weren't you working on something there? Yes, we have Tell me about really that. an exciting project over there, working with Serve Denton and Pat Smith and Carly Cuban. And That's them. amazing. Aren't it they is, incredible it, folks? It is. <laughs> it's, it's really amazing. I don't yeah. know if you were at the grand um, opening that happened in... Um, October. I missed it, um, but I was following uh, it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you missed it. It was it was really an awesome event oh, to man. see the community and so many different aspects come together and support that project was was really really heartwarming. And um, but we opened our facility there um, at Serve Denton in. Um, actually, we were kind of slowly moving in in August. Um, but did the grand opening in October. We're still ramping up that location there. It is our largest um, medical site here in Denton County, or actually in any of the places that we serve. Um, very large with 12 exam rooms. Um, the plan is for us to have um, probably five physicians or five medical providers. Um, Dr. Jason Siegel, who's our medical director, he is stationed out at that location, as well as um, a couple of other family practice providers. And then we'll have we'll move some of our uh, prenatal and women's health providers into that space, as well as a pediatric provider. So we'll really be able to provide the full range of services from prenatal to seniors at that location. In the last couple of weeks, we have um, revised the use of that space because of COVID-19 and trying, uh, making sure to direct our resources um, in our the best way possible to separate our patients that are well from those that are sick, to make sure that we have a safe place for people to come for their regular visits, their preventative care, their you know diabetes check their um you know their chronic disease management that sort of stuff and then separate out the the people that have symptoms of respiratory illness where we can take care of them in a safe space as well so because of that we've kind of shifted the care that we're providing at the serve denton location at this moment that is temporary but we have our behavioral health and our case managers and some of our other services that are at that location until we kind of get through this this uh, crisis and we get back into sort of our, our um, strategic direction and our plan that we're working on to provide um, an increased level of service to the community. So how did that idea come about with, with you being part of the Serb Denton complex? What was the genesis of well, that? Well, we started this conversation actually, well, I was going to say back in 2011 was the first meeting that I went to with Serve Denton with Pat Smith and sort of the, you know, the big, the big hairy idea. The big idea, how we yeah. Can, uh, um, <laughs> the, um, you know, but when you think about that, and Pat tells the story quite well, there was the, the Denton Assistance Center, which, you know, um, I was at some of those meetings as well prior to that about how we can create this sort of one-stop shop for the community. So it's been a conversation that's been going on for a number of years, long before I ever got here. But in um, 2011 was the beginning of the conversations that I had with Pat Smith. And um, shortly after that, we, um, oh, you're going to tax my brain for some <laughs> dates and times and things like that. You know, but we started um, 
when they opened the Wheeler House. Okay, yeah. We were in the Wheeler House providing okay. medical care there. So this was part of the long-range plan to have a larger location on the campus of Serve Denton. Um, that has sort of morphed and changed through the years to where it is today. Um, but that's that's been part of the strategic plan and part of the conversation. It's important for us to be part of that nonprofit um, um, network um, in a number of ways. In besides the fact that we can refer and use the services and provide and remove some of those barriers to care that our patients might need and accessing other services, we know from our history. And the work that we did prior to becoming a federally qualified health center, that having that one-stop shop, that is where you really see the benefit in providing care to your patients, reducing the barriers to care, coordinating services. It makes a big difference in the outcomes for the people that you're caring for. And when we moved into the Serve Denton Center, we experienced that right away, being able to communicate easily yeah. with with the other providers in that the uh, synergy of, of everyone being under the same roof and connected is it awesome is, it, yeah. it's it's really exciting really exciting you know and then also for, as a nonprofit, the reduction or the reduced rate that we pay to to live there yeah and um, helps us be able to provide more care to our patients and you know, channel those resources back into services and in our sustainability. And honestly, will help us get through crisis like we're in right now, where we have a reduction in some of those expenses that we um, would have otherwise been paying more for. It's just such a good idea. You know, that what uh, Pat was an early episode, like maybe episode five of the, the this podcast. And, and I, I, we're friends and we talk a lot about projects we're working on. I'm always bouncing ideas off of him, but I wasn't prepared for the, when he, when we like sat down and just walked through the idea of what Serb Denton does and mm -hmm. why it's important and how they're going to get there. I was just blown away by it. just what a clever idea it is. That's mm -hmm. what I like about it is like, Man, what what just a good idea. Smart people are thinking about this and mm -hmm. and doing good things with it. And I'm getting that feeling about y your organization as well right now. It's like, oh, this is just a good idea. Mm -hmm. Just this is what we should be doing, you know. So um man, that's awesome. Um okay, I kind of want to bring it back to like <laughs> the current the current thing. You mentioned a little bit about kind of what you guys are doing to answer the the current threat of COVID nineteen. What wh what's your prediction on what that's going to look like? Because right now, it kind of seems like we're we're hovering in this kind of pre. <laughs> I mean, the tsunami's headed our way. Mm -hmm. uh, what what's your prediction, and what are you doing now to get ready for the 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 <laughs> what's to come yeah, for what's us to come. Yeah. yeah well you know i mean we are we're preparing and bracing for what's to come because it is as you described somewhat of a tsunami where we know that it's coming and these are those situations where you know you do have a moment of of time to prepare Pre yeah you know maybe not enough time but you know we know and if you take if you take if you heed that warning 
and you put in place, which is the whole reason why we're all social distancing, why, you know, I'm sitting on the other side of the room from you, why I didn't touch the rail coming up <laughs> yeah. the, the yeah, That's uh, why the I'm stairs, cleaning supplies why, everywhere right you now. Know, yeah. I mean, that's... Um, I mean, that is so critically important to just reduce the number of infections so that we have the resources to respond. Yeah. Um, you know, so at health services, what we're doing, so I talked a little bit about the telemedicine piece. That was a big piece yeah. to make sure that we could still care for our patients um, because a lot of our patients have chronic illness. And if they are not, um, don't have that ongoing care, you know, eventually the impact will be negative on their health as well. You know, or children with immunizations, you know, thinking about how important it is to have your children fully immunized. If we go through this period of time where people aren't coming in, and not that we can give immunizations over telemedicine, um, you know, but there are ways that we can connect people to care and get them that ongoing care. So we're doing that. Um, I described how we created a separate environment for uh, well and sick visits, um, preparing our staff, um, you know, seeking this um, this sought-after supply of personal protection equipment so that we made sure that our staff were safe, um, as safe as they can possibly be in providing care to our patients. Um, we've done a lot of work with just preparing our systems. Um, we're also looking at, you know, the like I said, we applied for some of the loans that we can apply for um, and looking at other ways that we can sort of um, protect the revenue coming in as well as reduce expenses where we can. So we've had some time to sort of shift, you know, and I don't know if anybody is ever really ready when, when the time comes. But at Health Services in North Texas, I feel like we have we have done all that we can do, or all that we can do today. But we're continuing to look for um, additional resources and ways to serve not just Health Services in North Texas, but you know our community in general. You know, we've had people reach out to us for PPE, personal protection equipment, and that you know they just need a small amount. We don't necessarily have. Um, we absolutely don't have hordes and stockpiles of it, but it's important that these other organizations also have what they need. So we've 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 shared some of our uh, of our stock, and you know I think that that you know looking out for one another is a way that we can protect our community. And that's one thing that I read happened in New York is they put all the hospitals under one system, just so they could all coordinate the effort and trade and. It was all, I mean, that, that may right. be not be true. But. Well, you know, this is certainly true about the COVID situation. Yeah. And then even kind of thinking back about the, um, the Serve Denton um, model and the United Way model and health services in North Texas model, it's not about competition. You know, crisis like this, it removes any level of competition that there might be between patients. It's all about coordination and about you know, meeting the end game, what do we have to do to... Save lives, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's really what it's about. So, wow. And even with business, you know, um, I, again, my own business will be severely impacted by the situation, as will everyone else's. You know, but if you kind of look at it's the people that work in the businesses that we're focused on right now, we will focus on recovery when we get to that place. Yeah, 
So is there some coordination happening between who are the big uh, health providers here? Presbyterian, Medical City, you you guys obviously. Yeah, yeah, just last week, um, week ago, uh, Wednesday maybe, or Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, One of those days. days These last two weeks have been like the longest two weeks and they just like. And the weekend comes and it's like, is it even the weekend? I mean, can we even enjoy Mm -hmm. Friday night Mm -hmm. anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we had um, Health Services of North Texas hosted a community conversation where we invited um, both uh, Medical City Denton and the um, Texas Health um, Resources in Denton. We had the um, Health Department, Denton County Health Department. We had the United Way of Denton County. We had Serve Denton, and then we had Health Services of North Texas. And through conference call, we talked about you know some of the challenges, some of the opportunities for collaboration and coordination. And we kind of talked about what the priorities were for each of those organizations because we all have a little bit different place in how we respond and react and um, serve. So that was, I think, um, helpful. Um, if for no other reason, just to kind of you know touch base and you know make sure that we were sort of this this team of community. Um, stakeholders to help um, to help one another where to direct patients um, you know what what the needs were and um, you know who who was testing who and you know what kind of resources there were so um, I expect that there will probably be some additional conversations like that um, and through technology of course yeah and that could be one of the silver lining things is like hey now everyone's talking to each other and <laughs> yeah everyone knows what we all do here yeah uh, that's good so what, what would you say would be a real important message to get out from your organization right now? From our organization, I, I think that the message is that Health Services of North Texas will have, we're here, we're open. Please come in and see us or connect to us via telemedicine for a televisit. Um, they, you know, reach out for help. If you need help, we're, we're here. Um, I think also the message is for people to manage their chronic illness the best that they can through telemedicine, whether it's your provider is health services in North Texas or you have other places to go. It's important that you maintain the health that you have. Um, and I think, you know, for the community to be aware that, you know, everybody is managing through this and, you know, kindness goes a long way. Kindness, really, that's, I think, is going to take us through the other side, being there to you know, give a helping hand and, you know, look at how you can serve the community. We've already seen a lot of people sort of shift their their talent um, to provide, uh, to manufacture um personal protection equipment to deliver meals for people to, um, you know, just in a number of ways. I mean, the number of people that are calling us with um, sewing the handmade masks and things <laughs> yeah. like that. I yeah. mean, it's so heartwarming, but it's I like think, all Facebook is right now is like, <laughs> right. But I, I mean, <laughs> and that's what I mean. That's, yeah. that's what's going to get us through, you know, and yeah. just to have, you know, patience, with one another and just do the best you can with the resources that you have. And, you know, we, we'll get through it. Yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, crisis exposes character and, uh, we need to focus on the, the people that are helping 
exactly. and, and figure out how we can help and pitch in. And, you know, one thing I've found, I've talked with a lot of people, uh, I think it's a lot of people, you know, it's only 30 something episodes, but it seems like a lot of people. <laughs> one thing that I've found, I always try to think about the, the folks that, that are really in a meaningful role. And I mean that in a way of like, they seem to find meaning in what they're doing. One of the common things I always find is that they're doing something really hard and really good for other people. And that's what brings people meaning. And I kind of see that in like kind of your work and ju just what you've talked about so far. Mm. You know, you've got, uh, like you said, you're looking at the face of a tsunami that will get here eventually. And, uh, you know, now's the time. Now's mm. your time. You know, mm -hmm. you, you thrive off this probably. Um, how can people, how can people be a part of what you're doing? Uh, as far as donation, not just of money, but time, how can people, uh, help out in your mission? Um, probably the number one way at this time, you know, I mean, the financial piece is certainly one, but that's across the board everywhere. But um, I think just really knowing about health services in North Texas and making sure that your family and friends know about health services in North Texas so that they can connect to care and stay in care. Um, and I think, you know, even if you don't use health services in North Texas, just being aware of the asset that it is to this community and just, you know, have it top of mind. Be ready to refer somebody to our, to our care. Go ahead and look at our website. Be prepared. More people will be losing their jobs and will need access to care. So, yeah. you know, What is the website? It's um, healthntx.org. Gotcha. That is so awesome. And you're on Facebook and Twitter oh, and all yeah. that, all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, we've, we've done just, you know, you have to, to keep up with the way that people communicate these days. And Terry Johnson, our director of marketing and communication, she's done a, you know, phenomenal job of connecting um, health services to the people that need us the most and the people that can help connect those people. So, um, but really, I, I think that that is really what, what health services needs is just to, not just today, but tomorrow and ongoing, that just, you know, be aware that, that we're here and help out when you can, come in for care, and, you know, we can serve anybody regardless of their ability to pay. I'm going to be looking and, into it for myself, yeah. actually. Well, you know, if I can kind of put in, you know, one, you know, one other plug, it's, um, yeah. you know, you think about the providers that we have and our team in general. We have a phenomenal group of medical professionals um, in all of our locations, everything, as I said, from prenatal to senior care, you know, under the direction of our medical director, Dr. Jason Siegel, he's done um, just a outstanding job in our community, the, the talent that we've attracted, people that want to work at health services in North Texas that believe in the mission. And you can see it in the quality of care, you can see it in our reviews on Facebook and Google, you can see it in the grant reporting that we provide to the federal government for um, one of the grants that we receive, and just the quality of care is is top notch. Something that you would definitely want for yourself and your family. Who's your favorite doctor that you guys have? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know that I can. I don't know that I should answer that one. Um, you know, we have six physicians, and then um, probably another. 
um, 10 or so mid-level providers, maybe even 12 that are all awesome as well. Yeah. Excellent experience and top-notch, top-notch. I can't say it, anything more about that. Isn't Tony Assis over there? Is it what? Tony Assis. Tony Aziz, well, you know, he he contracts with us and he um, oversees our um, high-risk pregnancy clinic. And yeah, he's pretty phenomenal as well. I love and him. So, he's awesome. Yeah. So he actually, he's going to be, he's number seven of our positions then. So I didn't count him in our, in terms of our employees. Oh, okay. But we're doing some work that will probably further that relationship as well. And yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, as he's, I doing, yeah, he's doing some work for us right now. We're expecting a kid in May. So All right. he's our OB and he's awesome. Yeah. I, I love him to death. Yeah, he he's is a lot awesome. of fun. He is awesome. Uh, good doctor. That's awesome. And Jason, we got to get uh, Dr. Siegel on uh, whenever, whenever we can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he seems he's phenomenal and patients love him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah. For sure. Great. That's awesome. So say the website one more time. What is it? It's healthntx.org. Healthntx.org. Yeah, okay. Health I'll, North Texas. Got it. And I'll, uh, I'm going to get with Terry and get some links on some other stuff. And, uh, when we post this episode, we'll have it in the, uh, we'll have it on the web website. So, uh, anything else you can think of right now? I would really appreciate um, the chance to visit with you and sort of overlooking the town square. What a great uh, venue you have here. Yeah, so uh, normally I do this in my office, but the office is all shut down, and I'm like, okay, and this is actually our Airbnb, which isn't getting used right now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, we'll just set it up over there. It's clean and it's good. Oh, so, okay. yeah, now you've got the you've yeah. got the pretty view of the courthouse yeah. and everything. Yeah. and. That's why there are trucks driving by. You can hear that a little bit, but uh, yeah, happy to have you. Yeah, this has been a really good conversation. I'm glad we connected. So well, thank you. Appreciate the invitation. Well, that's it. Episode 41 in this era of COVID-19. I hope everyone is doing great. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.